Hello, bonjour, and welcome to the Don't Waste for the podcast. I'm your host, Antoine Valter, and I'm still summarizing for you one year's worth of incredible water insights from the 52 experts that appeared on this microphone in 2021. If you had asked me at the start of this podcast if I would ever cover finance, I would probably have laughed. By then, I honestly didn't realize how interlinked this topic is with both our challenges and solutions in the water world. So if you're like me two years ago, I've prepared this synthesis to decode some key aspects of water finance. First, there's this fact that Alexander Lukopoulos shared. It's extremely exciting to approach water from the finance field because, frankly, I, I don't think enough attention has been spent on it. That's the white hat side of the story. The water sector is a growth sector because neither industries nor farmers and consumers expect to stop using water. So it's basically the best possible market to invest in. Now, there's the black hat side of that same story. There's a lot of money to make in water, which might be fine, as we'll see later, but which can lead to major catastrophes, as Scott Hamilton revealed us. In one of the most popular episodes of this podcast in 2021, and of course in his book Sold on the River, Scott explains how Australia put a water market in place to trade water as a commodity and with the lowest level of regulations in the world. Using a market-based mechanism, we could make sure that this diminishing resource and this amount of water would go to what was going to be its best use. But that was the theory. In practice, it created an irresistible opportunity for banks and investment funds. So we had this trading and, as I mentioned before, well, now we'd done all this work and unbundling all the different components, the delivery rights, the entitlements, the, and created this short-term and long-term markets for and multiple different parts, an enormous amount of work that had gone into it, and not a lot of trading. So largely, how do we create more trading? Well, we invite other people in, the liquidity is. We changed the market fundamentally from being a market or a natural resource market into a financial commodity market, as you rightly point in, which is now worth billions of dollars. So... We've created this opportunity worth literally billions of dollars for hedge funds and the smartest guys in the room. And what happened is that essentially the money and the water flowed to where the most money could be extracted from the system. When you listen to that story, you'll probably wonder what good finance can make in the water sector. First, I can tease you something. I'll be investigating further in 2022 to bring you other examples of water markets and to try to figure out in which conditions they can be beneficial. But beyond that, there's not only finance as an investment in the water good, there's also finance as a partner of the water industry. Gaetan Susne reminds us that this wasn't always a straightforward relationship. We talk about regulation, we talk about technology, we talk about infrastructure, we talk about engineering. But for me, the missing link has been finance. When finance goes missing, companies with promising technologies, people or markets end up like a car without fuel. Be it a Ferrari or a Lada, it's still not going to move. Hence, investors have a key role in the development of a new scene of water companies, as Julian Kölbel confirms. Companies, especially in, uh, in developing markets, have a problem to tap into capital that allows them to grow. If you go in as an investor and you provide that external financing, that's how you can have an impact, by growing companies that doing something good doesn't have access to capital. You can solve a problem here. 
If the problem people have is that they struggle to find a way to move from point A to point B, and you have an idea which is called Uber, there's a certain type of investor that's ready to burn money on you for a while with the hope to make an amazing profit the day you actually become Uber. These people are called venture capitalists or VCs. They have deep pockets and they're ready to lose 95% of their bets because the remaining 5% will experience hypergrowth and repay the losses with a multiple. But the problem in the water industry, as Gate and Susne points out, is that we are not sure that hypergrowth is really possible in this sector. Is the traditional VC model that we all know the right one for the water sector? That's a question. I don't have necessarily the answer today. But I think, you know, if European startups were able yeah, to sell a service and not a tech, and especially with digital water, that would change considerably the way of the success in the water sector. I like your ambition about hypergrowth, but if we had just growth <laughs> to start with, <laughs> I think, you know, I would be a very happy woman. But if venture capitalists are not the natural interlocutor of water entrepreneurs, there's another one that's much more catered to their needs, the sustainable investors. Don't get me wrong, these players are not philanthropic, they also expect to make money, but they're betting on the long term and they are looking at different performance indicators like for instance ESG. I let Julian Kolbel define that for us. ESG is generally about what do companies do with regard to the environment, social issues, governance issues, how do they behave? The idea behind sustainable investing is that a business can only be sustainable if it solves a problem in at least one of the three ESG indicators. The main idea is that profit is no longer the North Star. Profit becomes a byproduct of the act of solving a problem. That's a shift of paradigm, as Claudia Winkler highlights. We were trained to think of this profit maximizing thinking. The purpose of business is business. And this thinking goes to you. So that's what you do all day. And opening up and saying, maybe the economic theories we grew up with are wrong. Maybe the science, the Friedman thinking that was our prevailing economic thinking is not suitable for the future was a wake up call. But again, don't get fooled. It's not about hippie finance or philanthropic investment. No. There is money to make, and it's a good thing, as Nicolas Lerabello underlines. Again, that's my, kind of my perspective of how finance can be a catalyst for change. Obviously, there's going to be a lot of people uh, making money out of it, but if at the end of the day you get uh, an upgraded water system, maybe a good thing, you know? The thing that's still to refine in this approach is essentially the way we measure ESG performance. And I say ESG, but this is true for any kind of sustainable investing indicators, because as Florian have explains, I think 50% of all the funds apply some sustainability strategies in their investment process. So if you look at that, you would assume that we're already far above, you know, these 8%, but somehow we still don't see the change needed to move really to reach the SDGs or resolve climate change. Indeed, if 50% of the money goes to virtuous projects and we still don't see the needle moving, it whether is a desperate cause, which I don't think it is, or the problem lies in the way sustainability is defined. In a nutshell, it's about proving one thing, as Nicolas Rabello confirms, your company adds value. By looking at all the investment that if we can show the, the value that you can bring there, then it, it could unlock something, you know, and then suddenly you have all the 
all the resources of the finance world could go to the water sector and somehow help it grow or get better, you know. So yes, ESG indicators may still be a bit wacky today, but they will solidify in the future. And if 50% of the funds keep investing in virtuous practices measured by a better sensor, we will see a win-win, as Julian Kolbel says. It took a while, but now I would say that sustainable finance is becoming a branch of finance. Okay, so far we've covered the private finance world, but there's another important part of what a finance, and that's everything related to public funds. Indeed, given the regalian aspect of water and water courses, states, regions and cities always had a key role in their financing. A role that's not going to fade out at all if private finance gets more involved. Indeed, more and more, the same logic applies in both words, as Alex Lukopoulos underlines. The reality is, the federal government is not going to drop money from the sky. Public money isn't there to be burned. It shall also be profitable, hence sustainable. But relax, here as well, there's a lot of money to make, as Michael Stanley Galisdorfer explains. There's also evidence out there that Restoring rivers and restoring water features in cities has economic value too. The University of Michigan found that in cities like Buffalo and Detroit, it adds $4 for every $1 spent on restoration work to the economy. So it has economic value. And at the end of the day, it's even going to be a team effort between private and public finance, between regulators and entrepreneurs, as Julian Kelbel and Florian Hepp conclude. As an investor, you act within the system of capitalism. You are, by definition, a capitalist. You're working within the system as an investor and you can accelerate incremental changes, but there are some issues that require political change. Sustainable investing cannot stop climate change on its own. It can help, but not on its own. Did you like this deep dive? Then tell it to your friends and colleagues and share that episode. Investors and what a professional is working hand in hand starts by knowing each other, I guess. And who knows, this podcast may be the beginning of something if you share it with the right person. Then, if you'd like to further explore the topic, listen to my full interviews with the eight experts featured in this synthesis. All the links are, like always, in the description. Finally, if you haven't done it yet, make sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite platform so that you don't miss the next leg in our journey, which will be about nature-based solutions. Thanks for listening, and I'll see you next time.